Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Episode 64, welcome along to the bloodandmud.com podcast, your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge and a reliably chaotic media offering for these otherwise relentlessly strong and stable times. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and that gentleman over there is... I am Josh Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. You can get in touch with this pod via Twitter, at Blood and Mud. You want to get in touch with me, and you can do bloodandmud.com, or you can find our Facebook page, and how can people get in touch with you, Josh? Tell them, tell them immediately. Well, I shall tell them that it's uh, either at Josh Gardner or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch uh, or indeed RugbyShirtWatch.com uh, and Rugby Shirt Watch everywhere fucking else, you know. Um. Uh, you can, um, what have we got coming up this week? What have we got coming up this week? Well, we've got, in because of the strong and stable times we're in, we've got a strong and stable 15 that we're going to talk about. We've got yes. some players spotted. We're going to talk about things we learned from the weekend. We've got a seismic shift in the shit watch world to talk about. Oh, it's a magnificent day. Another uh, The Year in Rugbystery quiz for you we to are, mull yes. over and shake your fist at the speaker about. Maybe uh, one of us will get more than like three this week. <laughs> maybe one of us will, maybe I'll actually get an answer because last time I failed <laughs> That's a very completely. very good point you were so, last time, yeah. Um, and then we've got shit good to finish everything off. You can, this pod is available on Apple Podcasts, on ACAS, on anywhere else you want to put. <laughs> yes, it's Apple Podcasts now. We have to say that. Yes, you, that. you remembered that. Fair play. <laughs> I nearly didn't. Mm. Um, 
and that's where you can leave your reviews. Now, we've had a couple of blinding reviews this week, Josh. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Yeah, listen to this one. This one's entitled <laughs> Whinging Northerner and Welshman. I, don't, I think that's a bit harsh. Yeah, Could well, it not listen... be Whinging Northerner? Is it a collective, both of us are whinging, yes, or just you? I think so. Oh, okay, the collective, this... that's fine. Excellent. I thought they were just saying that you were whinging. Win... Anyway, carry on. Whinging Northerner and Welshman. This is from Stu at 22. Uh, occasionally insightful, mainly whinging about irrelevant subjects. Try harder not to live up to those stereotypes and remove that overgrown chip on your shoulder. <laughs> so that's one of the reviews we've had this week. Which I'd love to know what specific chip they're talking because I have many chips on. <laughs> well, exactly. I've got an entire like you know. Now uh, this we've had another right one. There. This is a kind of baffling mm. one. It's called Good Rugby Chat, Very Negative Chat. This is from Ali Sixty Six S. Good rugby discussion and rugby discussion and debate, thank you, with some good humour, thank you. It's a shame the hosts try so hard to be negatively witty. Unfortunately, it ruins the podcast, <laughs> so I won't be listening anymore. That's really it's a not, review of two I, halves, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And also, we try so hard to be negatively witty. I don't try to be <laughs> negative. Exactly the point it's I was going to make, honestly. Some sort of, yeah, it's clinical. If I, I had to try, I, I would have... stop doing this. I don't have oh, to try. This is... Yeah. I love that there are people that think that we go right. Well, we've got to be really fucking negative this week. So <laughs> what can we be? What can we be fucking misanthropic about today? So no, no. This this is this is just how it comes. I would yeah. I'd be sweating my you know bollocks off trying to be positively unwitty oh, every week. God. But you know, can you? And if we were trying to be positive every week, I'd have to. I'd have to quit my job just to write all of the bollocks that I'd have to say. Oh, yeah, the, the self-loathing will be very real from my point of view. This is just yeah. the way we are. If you want somebody who's positive and unwitty, go somewhere else. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that, so as you said, we've always said we will read any review that comes in, and they're the two <laughs> we've had this week. It did remind me of last year, not last summer, I was looking around at some, trying to find some reviews mm. and to see, because you get a lot on iTunes, we're trying to find something else. And on a, there's a Reddit thread which oh, talks yes. about good rugby podcasts and this some guy called john shano on reddit this was last summer said just chucking this out there but i thought the blood and mud podcast was the worst podcast i've ever listened to if you want to listen <laughs> to two old men who are completely out of touch reality moan for an hour then go ahead i mean some people clearly do like several thousand of you clearly do want that so well there you go but it's just Brilliant. it does make me laugh that, also yeah, this... old fuck off I'm <laughs> yeah i'm old he's not yeah and he says, then he says that, that John says, I'm not having to go to other people for listening. I'm just warning anyone else who may see this thread and use it as a list of best podcasts to listen to because other people <laughs> like it on here. It's like <laughs> he's got some sort of personal vendetta that he feels like he needs to go out of his way to discourage people from listening <laughs> yeah. to it. No if offense, you enjoy but don't it, bother. Fair yeah. enough. However, I would discourage you and tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. We've had a brilliant reviews week this week, Josh. Brilliant. So thank yeah. you very much. What What's really funny is both of those reviews on a, on Apple Podcasts this week have given us two stars. It's like, well, why are you giving us two stars if you not if you hit, if you don't like us that much? Just give us one star, surely. Yeah. Or yeah. no stars? Who knows? Maybe they just feel everybody feels guilty about one star, don't they? They so probably maybe. do because they know we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I could understand if people thought we weren't trying by the quality of the output that we sometimes distribute. <laughs> but, but, no. Yeah. 
So anyway, you can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts for us in yeah, any shape or any stripe. Knock yourselves out. To be honest, you can slag us off as much as you want. If you just stick it on five stars, I'm not bothered. So. Yeah, literally say anything you want. If you give us five stars, fucking golden. The algorithm don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> right then, bit of news before we kick into this. Mm. Did you see the news this week that Bath do not think about the children? Do they not? No, they don't think about the children because it seems that this week it's come out in the Bath Chronicle that a quarter of Bath's rugby squad faced disciplinary after drinking at the wreck gets out of hand. Oh, dear. Small number of players ran naked across the pitch, a fire extinguisher was let off, and the skills clinic organised by the club for youngsters was heckled, the Chronicle can reveal. (laughs) That's, That's not funny. That's not it's funny. It's kind of funny, but it's not funny. It's, the kid's parents had paid £60 a, a kid to have this kicking right. thing. And guess who was taking the kicking practice? Was uh, it George Ford? Reese Priestland, even worse. Oh, well. Because George I might mean, have actually turned was... around and gone, lads, shut it. Whereas Reese Priestland yeah. probably just started crying and didn't know what to do. <laughs> God. Went, Todd, Todd. <laughs> the, the drunken men are shouting, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, so they were not thinking of the children. Normally, they go back somewhere else and get pissed, but they were allowed to stay in a hospitality suite and got absolutely banjoed and then started heckling children. Therein lies something that Bath is not going to do ever again. Um, But I maintain that adults heckling children is quite funny. I mean, it's not, but it is. I remember when I was in uni many, many years ago now, because as you know, I'm a grumpy old miserable man with a chip on my shoulder now. Many, many years ago... There was a kid running to school with one of those. Remember the old plastic lunch boxes? Mm-hmm. And I was in Middlesbrough, and he tripped over and kind of landed on his lunch box and skidded for about two feet, and it popped open everywhere. And he was <laughs> having to go around picking it all up. And I must admit, I was helping him, but I was stifling. I did help him pick it all up, but I was stifling quite a giggle, it must be said. There is no substitute for quality slapstick. <laughs> it's true. It's the highest form of comedy, if done yes. correctly. Anyway, mm. we mentioned before that, well, I mentioned before that uh, in these strong and stable election times, not going to go into that, but the fact that strong and stable is being Love used. Democracy. Can't wait. So much, yeah. so much going on. Best month ever. I was get. we had to restart recording this a couple of times today because I've, I got myself a bit tongue tied. If you haven't heard Diane Abbott on the radio uh, today when I was recording it, then <laughs> if you want a bit of political. I'm not saying even have a laugh. It was actually quite painful for the poor woman. Mm. And she couldn't stop and start recording again like we do. No. So anyway. Therein lies why you should believe your politicians before you believe us, because they can't stop. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's fucking bollocks. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) So in these strong and stable election times, I put out to Twitter that maybe we could talk about a strong and stable 15 for rugby. Strong, stable people for a strong, stable game with strong, stable leadership that is both stable and strong. So what you're saying is that you want them to be both strong and stable? Yeah, if, if possible, but either or might have to do on the nomination. Okay, good. First can of any all... Of the, can they all eat chips competently? Is that... <laughs> that was another thing today, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, Michael, Welsh boy Mick, got in touch on Twitter straight away and came straight in with Bastro is in because he's strong and he looks like a stable. That is a very good point. That's an incredibly I bet... good shout. I, uh, as soon as I, th- I thought instantly Adam Jones... I had Adam Strong, Jones in there. Yeah. Stable. Also, weirdly likes Boris Johnson. So a Does bit he really? Where, where's yeah, where's that come of, from? 
apparently, like Boris Johnson said, that he liked him, and so Adam Jones kind of they got a weird sort of pseudo friendship thing, which I'll level with you upsets me. I was going to say, I'd rather, I think me and quite a lot of people out there would be rather that you didn't say this out loud because we now can't you can't unring that bell now, Josh. I know. I don't think they're like actually friends, but I think that they, there's a sort of mutual respect thing there. No, which for, I don't see really for me think. now they're sat in a sauna somewhere. Yeah, towels oh, out the waist. Yeah, you know what I mean? I wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> it's just getting worse and worse. Michael yeah. Milner Watt also got in touch on Twitter and said Brad Barrett. In fact, fifteen cloned Brad Barretts. You know that makes sense. I was I was crossing the road outside a supermarket thinking about this for the podcast earlier, and I thought Lee's not going to like this, but Brad Barrett <laughs> is the absolute fucking dictionary definition of a strong stable centre. Yeah, I actually do like that. What he isn't yeah. is a dictionary definition of an international centre. That's what I didn't That's like. True. That's what that I didn't like. That is a fair point. That is a fair point. So, um, thank you very much to a number of people on Twitter who got in touch. Not not um, the list was very long, but Dan Bridal, Fee Hunter, Jamie Hosey, Generic Barman, loads of other people. Um, got in touch on Twitter. Shall we try and go through position-wise and you can jump in for any nominations that you've yes, got? Yes, yes. Get in there. Uh, prop, Big John yes. Hayes. He's not that stable. He fucking cried at his last test match. <laughs> yeah, but somebody said... He's an emotional wreck. He's, he's strong because he lifted a line-out. He's stable yes. because he had 100-odd caps. And he's a farmer. So That's he's strong and stable but altogether. Emotionally stable. No, the he's man was an absolute gibbering wreck at the anthems. That's very true. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. So yeah, he's out. So <laughs> right out. Um. So other props. Chris Horseman was a good nomination in a very serious way. Yes. Prop survived cancer twice. Still yeah. played professional rugby. Now you don't get much more strong and stable than that. No, absolutely. Any other props? The for Wales. That was weird. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Jason Leonard. I had. He was fairly strong and stable. Yeah, he was strong check. and stable through every single sort of era of rugby. <laughs> yes, and even when he had no business to still be quite good. And he could play uh, both sides of the scrum. Yeah, who can Duncan do that Jones, these days? I'd have as in the strong and stable thing because as as workmanlike a player as I could ever imagine, with a silly haircut. Looks like a Bedlington terrier. Exactly, and yet, absolute 250 appearances for the Ospreys, 60-odd caps for Wales. Rock True. solid. Prop, um, hookers. I thought of David Pace. Oh, he had like about yeah. one cap for England for the Saxons or in the Churchill Cup once and has played about 300 games for London Irish, I think. Yes. Mevin Davis. Oh, yes, Wrong. that is a good Stable. shot. Mevin basically, Davis is a great shout. Basically built like R2-D2. But... <laughs> And he was playing with full grey hair. Absolutely. And, of course, let's not forget, he legendarily didn't give a fuck and took a wee on, in front of the Sky cameras <laughs> ahead of that Worcester-Bristol game last season. <laughs> He's a boy, didn't isn't he? give a shit. Oh, that was the video, wasn't it? I just remember what you talked yes. about. <laughs> He's quite blatantly having a piss, yeah, when they're coming out. <laughs> and Because he he'd also pulled his trackies down in a sort of little boy's fashion, hadn't he? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, somebody nominated, and it's probably a good shout, Ross Ford. I mean, he's got... He looks very strong. He's yes, got a good, he's strong a shape. Monkey. And, he's and sta- you can't argue with that many caps from a stability point of view. No. You can question the merits of him getting those caps all the live long day. Because but... if he wasn't playing, you'd have a kind of Fraser Brown coalition of chaos. Yes. Oh, nobody needs that. No. 
And somebody, and Matt Norman, an old mate of mine, who's played rugby with, hello Matt, got in touch and said, surely you can't mention Strong without talking about Robbie McBride. Yeah, ooh, beast. Because what's the thing that always follows on for Robbie McBride? Ex-Wales Strongest Man. That's very true. That was in every single thing written about him for about a six-year period. <laughs> Robbie McBride, ex-Wales Strongest Man. Nobody ever mentions who placed second in that, did they? No, they don't. <laughs> Yeah, that was like when Andy and Frank Schleck used to race in the Luxembourg Championship cycling, and there was only those two who were like international level cyclists, and beyond that, there was no one. No. Uh, yeah, second rows. Um, Peter Buxton. Do you remember Peter Buxton? He played for Vaguely, Gloucester yeah. about 250 times. He was a yes. massive tank like, shabby headed, proper old school 19 stone prop. Uh, sorry, second row, come blindside. One of those yes. like people who are nineteen stone and could play blindside. Yes, a stand like uh, ears literally that looked like they'd been beaten to death. Yeah, no scrum cap pack. for that man. No. <laughs> second row wise, anything else? Oh, um, well, Ian Goff. I had Ian Goff. One. Ian hard, Goff. Hard to look past him. Yeah. Martin Corey. Very true. Could play. Uh, yeah. He was basically, when he was England captain, I think I've probably said this before, he reminded me of Boxer from The Horse from Animal Farm. <laughs> that when things weren't going well, his only answer was to go, well, I'll work harder. That was his yeah. solution to everything. Unfortunately, it didn't work for him, bless him. <laughs> no, it was it was a bit sad, wasn't it? He was a, I thought he was quite a good player. I thought he was quite underrated, but he just wasn't fucking Martin Johnson, was he? He wasn't, but he, and he was also, I mean, people forget he was the... Archetypal Lions Bolter in 2001. He came to the oh, tournament. Was, yeah. And then was playing seven, I think, in the tests and was ripping it up. Um, I mean, beyond that, strong. I've got Ian Goff, Peter Bucks, and that's about it. Yeah, back his butter. Yes, strong and mentally unstable. Mentally though. unstable, yeah, again, it's an issue. Um, back oh, rows very quickly. Moving back up easy, yeah. Chris Robshaw. Yes, rock solid. Kelly Brown. Was nominated, yes. and I've you know I wouldn't normally throw him in for much things because we're not a big fan on this pod. But Jamie Heaslip, yeah, he is strong and yeah. stable. He is absolutely rock solid with a, I mean, with a, with a sort of Jane Austen esque wispy haircut. Yeah, somebody like Jerry Collins as well. Yes, God rest absolutely his soul. Absolutely yes. rock solid. Also, speaking of blocks again, now that I've thought about All Blacks, Brad fucking Thorne. Oh my word! Yes. He could just him and Brad Barrett cloned. All the <laughs> backs could cheap. be Brad Barrett, That's and all the forwards right could be Brad Thorne sorted. Uh, scrum halves. Uh, choices of somebody like Wigglesworth or Greg Laidlaw. Yeah, it's going to be someone like that, isn't it? Outside halves. Eric Elwood. Yes. And Stephen Jones. Stephen Jones. Stephen Myler. Yes. Dan Parks. That, yeah, for that what? For that three weeks before he signed for Cardiff, and it instantly went yes. shit again. Rob Andrew, yeah, in his pre-twat days, or was he a twat then? I don't know. I think he was always a twat, but yes, yeah, yeah. So that's the outside halves. Wingers, it's, it gets harder when you get to the. Well, one winger I've got, which is a slight cheap, but I'm calling it anyway, because he did play there. That mm. one of the people we're most we most love on this pod, Alan Bateman. Yes, you couldn't get much stronger or more stable than Alan Bateman. 
No. Uh, Jamie Roberts, I'd say, for the centres. Very good call. I had Kevin Maggs because he looks like a pyramid. Good shout. He was kind of yeah. a pyramid shape. Hard to knock over, very stable. Mm-hmm. Other centre, John Clark from yes, Northampton. Totally good, bog standard, yes. completely stable. Absolutely. Could do, all, could do every standard. job perfectly well, up yeah. to a level, but that was it. Strong and stable. Uh, somebody nominated on Twitter, John Big John Rudd. He oh, played for yeah. about God knows how many clubs, about two hundred, and he was six foot two mm. and about nineteen stone. John Rudd on the wing, <laughs> and, and not much. I think a little bit younger than me, but not much younger than me. No, wow. Uh, full back. <sighs> lots of nominations from the Scottish there contingent are lots of nominations. for Chris yeah. Patterson. Oh, it's yeah. It's hard to. It's hard to look past it, isn't it? He's very boring, very stable. And... Scores loads of points. Yeah. Gavin Hastings, very stable. Oh, very yeah. Yeah. Basically, Scotland have an absolute line on really dependable, really workmanlike yep. outside backs. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Sean Lamont, wherever you want to stick him, fair play to him. You can't it's retire true, a few next nominations week. for Sean. He was, yeah. He kept on going, didn't he? He kept yeah. on trucking. Played on the wing, played in the centre. I mean, I can't remember if he's strong and stable or not, but I just want to say the name Iwan Tukolo. Because <laughs> he was, that's yes. one of my best ever Bill McLaren memories. Yes. Iwan Tukolo. <laughs> we'll say he is for the purposes of this. For the purposes of this. Gavin yeah. Hastings, mainly because he's got a very strong, stable, and boring voice. Right, yes. They keep okay, trying to get Gavin Hastings in. Weird because Scott's all giddy and excited, isn't he? Yes. And then they get Gavin in to do these like promotions on the television and he's really boring. Yeah. What do you think about of, this new betting one, deal? One, with... one of the which side of the family has got a fuckload more charisma than the other. And I mean that's grading on a massive curve as well there. <laughs> Let's <laughs> What do you think about this, Gavin? I've never been more excited about anything in my life. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is my Gavin Hastings impression. I mean that's Almost as good as your all uh, your Sean Edwards or your Andy Farrell. I mean, it's not. Let's not be around the bush here. <laughs> no, but I'm going to keep putting myself out there. <laughs> oh, for I every two you. star review, I do an impression. <laughs> I tell you who should go in there. Where? Who? Scott Bloody Gibbs should go in there. Yes, he should. He should be all over that. Yes. Both strong and it's stable. Strong, stable, and with a very low centre of gravity, so even more stable. So there you go. Oh, Andy yeah. and Brum got in touch on Twitter and suggested, is it too late for Steve, Stephen Brothwick, the most stable man ever seen in an England rugby yeah, team? Yeah, that he is was a very stable. Good point. He was so stable, he could tell you that the performance was a stable and good one, even when it was absolute dreck before your eyes. That's how <laughs> stable he was. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of candidates in the lock department that we probably could have. There's something about being a second row that just breeds stability. That no strength. nonsense. I mean, we didn't even mention Martin Johnson. No, you see, it seemed too obvious that one. I yeah, think exactly. a lot of people are probably it, shout, out there if you're shouting Martin Johnson. I can understand why. They're arguably all too obvious, you know? All locks, aside from the occasional showboating, get back to the back row where you belong kind are you know they are the most workmanlike of players on the team so there you go 
That's yes. a strong and stable stab at a strong and stable 15 for strong and sta- stable rugby for these strong and stable times. Otherwise, we'll have a coalition of chaos with creative people and, you <laughs> and know, fun. people who and yeah, joy. F- people who do Baptist, you know, do you want a team full of Baptist Saran types? Yes. yes. But exactly, that's yes. not what the country needs right now. You should know that. Yes. Have we learned nothing from the last 10 years of joy? Let's talk about what we've learned from the weekend then, shall we? Yes. Big weekend of rugby. We've learned. Yes. It's a good weekend, I thought. Well, you would think that, wouldn't you? Yeah. We'll come to that later. We'll come on to that later. Um, Yes. First thing I learned this season. Wasps are tanking like a motherfucker. They really are tanking, aren't they? Um, It's weird to say that about a team who are going into the final weekend top of the table. And I mean, they haven't lost a game in like that's the first game that they've lost since what November or whatever mm. in the league. I get that, but there's just been a feeling for a while now that they are, I don't know. It look, they, they just look iffy mentally. When they used to win a lot, they used to time their run very well. Wasps they used to be very good at timing themselves into the playoffs, didn't they? Back when they were yeah, dominant. and now and they're sort of stumbling and stuttering. Like remember when they like let. Uh, Worcester get a bonus point at home mm. with 14 men. That was kind of the first time I thought, oh, oh dear. And when they 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 lost away, they nearly lost away to Sale as well. And it was like, oh no, is this this going this way? And like, if they they've got Saris at home next week, and mm. as 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 if he is as average as Saris were against Bristol on the weekend. I just think they lose that and they could well be having to go to either Allianz Park or Sandy Park in the playoffs now. And would you back them to win either of those games? Well, not against Exeter, who don't seem to know how to lose anymore. Well, no. I mean, fucking hell, you look at what Exeter have done. Like, they are, they're a legit threat. They drew, like, since they drew, what is it? They they drew with Wasps in February and they've not only won every game since in the league, but they've won everyone with a fucking bonus point. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Which is fucking So remarkable. to beat them, you're going to have to score in excess of 30 points. That's hmm. the thing, and which is, for something like Saracens, is not, they it's they not beyond 30, the realms of yeah. possibility. But No, but they drew 35 all with Wasps in February, but I can't see them repeating it again. Like No. Especially not if they're going to Sandy Park to do it. Well, oh God, no, that's going to go horribly for them, isn't it? So, yes. So, what did I learn this weekend? Speaking of teams that should be in the playoffs but aren't, because I've said they should have been and then they weren't, Northampton mm. are really, really, really quite rubbish. Oh, they're bad, aren't they? They've only won nine games. I was it's remarkable, this. isn't it? Only one of these has been over the top four, and that was against Exeter fucking yonks ago. I think it was September Ages or ago. October. It, or was, it was back when Saints started their season in a sort of workmanlike but looking like they might be okay way. And Exeter basically started off their season on fire and falling down the stairs. If you remember, Northampton didn't make the playoffs last season because they lost three games to teams in the bottom three. Yeah. That's what shanked their season, basically. And I mm-hmm. said at the beginning of the season, I said, well, I think that this year they won't make that mistake. They've they've strengthened in there. They've got pick and all and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they'll push on and they'll actually get into the playoffs this time. And I thought Leicester would drop out, actually. But... um. But actually, the absolute opposite has happened. They've only managed to beat teams in the bottom yeah. three, basically. And they've they've comprehensively lost, like whenever they've had any kind of 
vague approximation of quality come up against them. I think they're, they're struggling with... Um, they seem to be in a bit of a period of transition. I think I didn't recognise that at the beginning of the season, that Myler's like literally wheezing to a halt. Oh, God. It's... It's not, not that he ever moved that quickly either. Of years, but yeah, but he, they desperate. It says a lot that they have tried to break the bank so much to try and get Dan bigger. Yeah, I mean, because they still a, don't seem to, says, to know what they, to know. They don't seem to know what they want to do with Harry Malander. No, and well, I think they think that he's either a, sort of a centre or a, a winger or a fullback. They definitely don't think he's a ten. Yeah, because he is creative and such. They want. They've basically gone the last, what, 10 years with Stephen Myler at 10. They have. Doing They've a perfectly, a, doing a very, very good to adequate perfectly job. Perfectly got to a European final. They've yeah. won the Premiership. They've won the Challenge Cup. And I think they basically want more of the same. Because they've, att- they've seen what's happened when you try to go with a JJ Hanrahan style vaguely. Or uh, what's that other guy? He went to the Bunga Bunga Club that they had for a while, whose name Jackson. used to play for Wasps. Rory Jackson. Yes. They've attempted to occasionally inject some vague creativity and ball-playing tendency, and it's just gone terribly for them. Remember Ryan Lamb? <laughs> Remember Shane Geraghty? Yeah, I was going to say, there was the, it's like the graveyard of creative players, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> so they've just gone, you know what? This doesn't work for us, clearly. So we need to find the closest thing we can find to a Stephen Myler, but who isn't fucking hopeless but now. But if you look and at they've that gone team, damn bigger. Brilliant. That team they put out on Saturday, Tuala, PC, Burrell, Malander, Foden, yeah. Hanrahan, Nick Groom, who's like solid as hell, Nick Groom, Waller, yeah. Hartley, Kieran Brooks, who's not got to where we thought he would, but he's still a good player. Laws, David Ribbons, not so much, but Jamie Gibson's no. all right. Tom Wood, Tamara Harrison, these are all... There's a there's a fair sprinkling of international or close to it players there, yeah. And it's, it's players that were playing Test rugby very recently. Maybe it's just or sometimes people just have yeah. one of those seasons, don't they? And then it kind of comes back. So who knows? Maybe I just this start of a bit. It feels like they've been in a bit of a rot for two years now, and all they've done is things like sacking Alex King, which doesn't seem to have made any fucking difference whatsoever. I think that it. it there may be at where Leicester were a little while ago where they don't want to stick a twist or they've been dithering over sticking or twisting with the way they play rugby. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. maybe that's that's telling in the results, really, because if there's no leadership given a proper playing approach, then the players aren't going to do it either, are they? No, and I think uh, that's it. another thing as well, is that you look at that team and there aren't there's not a great deal of what you call leaders in a sort of vocal, <laughs> traditional sense, I guess. Like maybe Tom Wood. Hmm. But nobody likes hey, him. Exactly. Apparently. Everybody hates Tom Wood. <laughs> Courtney Laws, you know, is a cracking player, but I don't think he's that kind of, you no. know, he's not. nobody's asking him to be made England captain anytime soon, are they? No. It's just, yeah, it's a team that's yeah. maybe lacking a bit of leadership. Yeah, so there you go. So frustrating times for Saints fans out there. I know that a few people get in touch on Twitter and tell us that. So <laughs> I know you're feeling <laughs> it out there. Yeah. What else um, did you learn? Other things that I learned this week. Um, the Dragons must really regret getting shot of Jason Tovey. <laughs> like, quite aside from the fact that they were winning 20 points to three oh. away to Edinburgh with seven minutes to le- left on Friday and somehow managed to lose you the game. You can't say that it's often what, enough, can you? They were winning 20, 20 points, points to three. 20 points to three with, with seven, seven minutes, minutes left. to go. And they somehow lost that game. But the fact that the man who 
was the architect of that downfall was a man that they released mid-season a year ago, and he had two try assists and three conversions in the last seven minutes. On a similar line, uh, one of the things Kingsley I said... Jones, Kingsley Jones must make it just make, it must make Kingsley Jones feel even more fucking awful than just being Kingsley Jones <laughs> normally makes him feel anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no amount of gazing at a free photocopy is going to make you feel better about this, Kingsley, I'm afraid. No, no no, no, account, no amount of thinking, ah, well, I only got shot of him because I really fancied playing my son at 10 um, is going to change the fact that Jason Tovey was and remains a quite decent a good player, player occasionally. Yeah. One of the things I learned, which is tied into that, is what I said, but there is literally no position the Dragons cannot lose from. Yeah. We've discovered this weekend. What else did I learn this weekend? There was a bit of a theory for a, I was developing for a while. Do you remember David Humphrey's giant coat of befuddlement? Oh, of course. How could, How I could forget? we forget it? Um, which you can now buy at the shop, as we established. We have indeed, yeah. It seems when spring came along and he removed the giant coat of befuddlement, they started playing well again because the yeah, befuddlement was lifted. True. However, mm. he was sans coat at the weekend for an absolute right. shit out of a performance. So it seems yeah. that it's not really the giant coat of befuddlement that's the issue at Gloucester at all. Maybe, well, or maybe he just took it off when the cameras were on there in a vain hope of getting them to <laughs> yeah, pull out performance. But he was a bit chilly otherwise. It was quite chilly at the weekend, don't forget. So, so yes. Yeah, so, he might uh, have just had it on and we just didn't see it. It could be. It could be. Rule nothing out. As he ruled nothing out. But either way, it was, it was Bobbins again. Yes. So they were really bad again. After being so good against... Uh, La Rochelle the week before as well. They are such a frustrating team. I'm going to actually. I'm going to watch their last game of the season against Exeter next weekend. Really? So uh, now the thing is, they could get into the Champions Cup, couldn't they? If they beat yeah, Stade yeah. Francais next week, uh, whatever it is, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, they shouldn't be because they will get absolutely ruined in the Champions Cup. I fear. But obviously, um, Bath with their dominance, it's because, as we know, no brew, no clue. Well, exactly. With Brew, I mean, all the clues. Yeah, he scored a try as well, didn't he? He did. This is why they gave him a new contract. He is quite literally the beating heart of that team. <laughs> I'm not even joking either. It's absurd. Um, what else did you learn? Um, I learned that uh, Rhys Webb is an incredibly organised man. Yes, I had this in my gut, but we could talk about this now, yeah. Yeah, how how else can you explain how he managed to play an 80-minute top-flight rugby game in between being best man at a wedding on Saturday? And be captain. And be captain as well. Like, best he got man and Saturday... Osprey's captain on the same day. Yeah, he got up on Saturday morning, got suited and booted, had some wedding photos done. Got changed, went to the Liberty, captained the Ospreys to a massively important victory over an Ulster, which we'll come to. Left straight after the game, went to the wedding, speech, bish bash bosh, probably had a couple of beers. <laughs> Actually said to the Open interviewer, I've got to go because my best mate's getting married, I've got to get off to it. Yeah, which is brilliant. Also, but... the photo of him with his mates in the morning, I'm sorry to be that guy again, I had an incredible amount of respect for the cut of his suit. Yes. He'd obviously, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised that obviously no, he'd have that tailored. The sleeve length was perfect, everything. A lot of respect yes, for that. Absolutely. And also, the benefit of using hair project hair product that can't be affected by wind, rain, 80 <laughs> minutes of top-flight rugby, <laughs> or indeed nuclear weapons, I assume, um, is that he doesn't really need to shower, just his hair's still well, immaculate, he just chucks the suit on, done. When you play second-team rugby like I did for years, there's always one player who turns up about three minutes before kickoff with his bag 
says, all yes. right, lads, get suited up, plays a full game, and then goes, I'll be off there, lads, and disappears without even having a shower. Yeah, and that was like, Reese oh, Webb that day. He, doesn't he? No, and then the, the guy who's just playing for the first time is like, oh, where's... Oh, yeah, no, he just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. The lad I played, Dave O'Shea was the bloke I played with. He used to turn up, had a tash, used to turn up, played fullback. They always play fullback, these people. Turn yeah. up, play fullback, disappear. Yeah. Into the night. What else did we learn? If it wasn't for Big Gav, mm. Bristol would be even more shafted. Yeah, because what Big Gav does is he he <clears> kicks <throat> enough points for them to win and then everybody else fucking ruins it. Because they, they can't really score tries. Because when they beat Bath, he just kicked all the points and they managed to somehow hold on. This time he yeah. kicked a load of points, but obviously it was against Saracens. He had no fucking chance. But, um, no, exactly. And also, but he does add a certain complexion of it doesn't matter where the penalty is. Big no. Gav is going to have a go. And, and I think that's why his career will last quite a while. Yeah, because I think he's he, not a big energy player. He is a glider, no, he's never isn't he? He's always and, been yeah. languid. He's never relied on his pace. His body hasn't, you know, he had basically five years off from the game, it feels like. He at least had a couple of years off from the game. Yeah, true. So his body hasn't taken the level of punishment that, obviously, he's had huge injury problems, but like in terms of actual wear and tear, he's quite fresh. I'm. I, I'm a little bit sad that he's not coming back to the Ospreys next season and he's going to rot away at the Dragons occasionally. Yes, but they probably won't with Big Gav there, will they? Well, he'll win them. They'll probably beat Treviso thanks to seven fucking Big Gav penalties. <laughs> and then him just clearing his lines like 300 yeah, metre kicks at a time. Smashing it up <laughs> the other end of fucking Rodney Parade every time. But Run from you there, know, you he's, bastards. He's more, he's more talented than what they deserve. It's true. Did you learn anything else on the weekend? I did learn. I, I tell you what I learned. I learned that Cardiff would probably should, if they could play for 80 minutes, would probably be in the Pro 12 playoffs this season. Hmm. Because they are just so fucking frustrating. Like, they demonstrated against the Ospreys a fortnight ago. Like, when they're on it, they're absolutely lethal. They're a fantastic attacking side. They've got pace, they've got power, they've got invention. But they just so often switch off and just become defensively suspect at the work. Like, against Zebra, they were at home on the weekend. They dominated for the first hour. They were leading 30 points to 10. And then Zebra got a man red-carded on 66 minutes, and they still somehow allowed them to come back to 30-24 and were, like, having to defend their try line at the death to end up not losing to 14-man Zebra at home. Like... Okay, a lot of their players aren't very good. There's no getting away from that. They've got some quality, but they've also got a lot of fucking dross. But there's a coaching mentality issue when a team is so consistently just not mentally there. And Cardiff have been that this year. They've beaten Munster away, and they very nearly lost to Zebra at home. That's Yeah, it's hard to know what to there. do with that, isn't it, really? Yeah, no. If I was a Cardiff fan, I would be fucking pulling my hair out because they are immensely talented in some areas, immensely shit in others, and immensely frustrating all over. I mean, I always wonder how frustrated Cardiff Blues fans get. A Warburton turns out so little for them over mm. like a four-year career. Will you turn out more for them now? He's not captain. Do you think? Um, no. Of Wales. No. <laughs> he's still on a central contract. That's and true. WA, you're still going to wrap him in bubble wrap. Last thing I learned from the weekend is that um, Connacht have got a Marvel character playing at Scrum Half. Oh, have they now? Keelan Blade. Oh, yeah. Is it Keelan or Cowlin? Cowlin. Either way, it still works as a Marvel. Keelan or yes. Cowlin Blade is a he's Marvel He's a good player, character. actually. I think he's, he's off to Ulster. He is the reason that uh, 
Ruben Pinar's getting Pienaar. fucked off. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, good player. That like Pinar situation is the classic. Um, I don't know how I should feel about it scenario. Because yeah, I can I completely understand, understand they why from. they're doing it. But then yeah. again, for somebody like Pino, who's been there for years and his family's there and invested so much there, so it harsh. seems out of order as well. So, And he's going to have to go and spend the last year or two of his career in England or France, which he didn't want to do. No. I mean, I'm sure they will compensate him very well. Yeah, I'm sure there's worse things you could be faced with, but even yeah. so, it's... He's uh... definitely going to, like, go to Montpellier <laughs> with all the other South Africans <laughs> and... And play to, a, to oh, no, eat live animals with, with yeah. Big Vern. Yeah, with Big Vern. I was going to say, Jake Watt's not there anymore, so... I did maybe. not see the last two years of my career involving biting the ears off rabbits in a field somewhere <laughs> in the Central Massive, is what he was saying. You never do until it happens. <laughs> you never do, yeah. The things that life throws at you. Did you learn anything else in the weekend? Um, no, I think that's pretty much everything that I've learned, ever. That's a, yeah, It's nothing else to learn yeah. this weekend. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Let's move on to one thing that we all learned quite a bit about and we've learned a lot about over the past few years, Let's talk shit watch. Let's. Oh, the Cuthbert Police on Cup final. After 35 long, miserable, and I have to say, fans of other teams who have held the CPC, holy shit, it's depressing when your team has it <laughs> and you're aware of it. Like, especially when you fucking invented it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but yeah, when you were being a smart ass, snarky bastard about this, you didn't expect your team to be holding it for over a month, did you? I know it's just been awful. It re- it genuinely has been incredible. And like, it was very nice of the Ospreys to actually look like a vague rugby team again for the first time in over a month. Um, and they actually put in quite an impressive display to beat Ulster twenty four ten at the Liberty. Meanwhile, Ulster finally fulfilling the promise of my best backline in Europe claim from the start of the <laughs> I season. I was going to mention that as well. Copyright Gardner J twenty sixteen. Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I don't think that Ulster are going to hold on to this for very long because they've got uh, Leinster at home next week, which I wouldn't back them any other week, but Leinster are already secured home a home and playoff host, yeah. and they don't give a fuck anymore. So um, it will be very probably be 
a Leinster shit watch next week, which, which will seems be, all kinds of wrong. Which is all kinds of wrong, and then even worse, very likely they'll have to play the Ospreys in the RDS in the semi-final. <laughs> oh no, you're going to be carrying yes. it over the summer. Yeah, the, the, I have made but... my peace with the fact that we are going to be now. Remember, re-inheriting the CPC. The gods of the CPC laugh at such predictions, so don't forget do. yourself to. Come on, Leinster. Don't switch off. That's all i got to say. So, yes, so that brought us to the fact that, as you mentioned, the Ospreys have handed it over to Ulster. Ospreys had it for 35 days. Ulster now have held the cup three times. This is the third time they've they've gripped it. they've They've never held it for long, have they? They haven't, however... Well, they've held it for an average of 13 days apiece, which is roughly about how long Cardiff hold it for. Yeah. But they're now up to fourth in the all-time table of days they've held the CPC for Ulster. 37 days they're on. There's quite a leap to the next person, which is Treviso, on 104 days. But even so. Yes. But, no, it's quite remarkable, isn't it, how Ulster just seemed to just... It's drawn to them. It's drawn to Italian teams and it's drawn to Ulster, but it's also like one of those sort of weird, like repelling magnets things where it gets closer <laughs> and closer and closer and closer and then, oh, fuck, yes, yes, it's gone, it's gone. So we'll see. I t- There's your science lesson for today, everybody. So really, this is hinging on Leinster. It's probably bollocks. This is hinging on what Leinster do next week, isn't it? Mm, it because is, if man. Leinster win, then Ulster <coughs> will me, miss. I just had a Ooh. weird sneeze. <laughs> Steady on. Yeah, um, continue. The If Ulster lose to Leinster next week, that's Ulster's season over, isn't it? Uh, Ulster's season is basically over anyway. Um, right. Yeah, basically, to get into the playoffs, they need a bonus point win at home to Leinster by seven, and they've got to make up 70 points of points difference over the Ospreys. Mm. So... Um, if they can beat Leinster by 30 points and the Scarlets beat the Ospreys by like 35 points, then they'll get in. But so no I chance mean, then. Yeah, no. So you're all over the playoffs now. Yes. So and and I was genuinely very excited about going getting into the playoffs <laughs> after it looked like we were going to not, and then I realised that we but were. Then the very spectre likely. of the CPC looms large over you, like impending it doom. Does. Ah. So there you go, Cuthbert, police on cup. It's now Ulster shit watch until at least next week. Is it next week? That the, the uh, yes, game? Saturday will be the, uh, to head the, to the DJ. For next week. Now then, let's move mm. on to our friendly little quiz. Let's which, do that. Which is the year in rugbystery. For those of you yes. who don't know what this is, this is where we pick a year, I pick a year, Josh picks a year, and we read out five clues, and after each clue you guess which year it is. If you get it right, on the first clue, you get five points, four points, three yeah. points, and so on. So, we keep doing this, and we've not yet got to the point where we both pick the same year. That could be quite no, interesting. Which, I mean, there's going to be a finite number of years that we... Unless we start going back feel. to clues we're never going to get, you know. Yeah. When did like Captain James the... Roscoe Coltrane <laughs> score a hat-trick yeah. for... Uh, Basically, if you go past... For Flamingos versus Blackheath. Yeah, if you go past like 1993, that is before my real awareness of rugby, so I'm not going to get any of That's like saying well, if you go back before 1984, you don't know anything about music. It's not on. I'm not having that. Go back as far well, as we need to. Yeah. It's a fair point. Okay. Well, right then. Shall I go we'll see first? see how it goes. 
I've tried to keep it vaguely recent because I tried I, to keep it vaguely I, recent, so we'll see. Because that's when I remember things from. Um, <laughs> As we discovered last time we did this, I remember nothing from anybody. I just basically fire like buckshot at years and see how we get on. I'll make a start then. This is your year. Play along I'm out listening. there. I'm strapped in. This was the year that George Smith announced his first retirement from international rugby after 110 caps. Oh, 2007. No. Incorrect, my young apprentice. (laughs) Next one. This is quite a difficult clue, this one, I think. But Worcester Warriors were relegated from the Premiership in this year. Oh, God. (laughs) Um. 2011. No, wrong. Oh. So that's your four-point clue gone. Right. The top try scorers in this year's Six Nations all got three points. Three tries, even. Oh. And there were four of them. 2008. No, I've not finished the clue yet. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I thought that was just some sort of no. weird bit of trivia that I was supposed to get. No, no, I'm Carry about on. to tell you who those four people were. Then oh, see okay, if that good, gives right, you... sorry. Well, I so was thinking, top... fuck me, this is a hard third question. Yeah, the top try scores in this year's Six Nations all had three tries, and there was yeah. four of them. And they yeah. were Keith yeah. Earls, Jesus. Tommy Bow, right. Shane Williams, right. and, and I couldn't believe this, James Hook. Two thousand and nine. No. Ah, oh, you. The Premiership final this year was contested uh-huh. between Leicester and Saracens, with Leicester being victorious. Oh fuck! Ah, oh, uh, two thousand. Have I said two thousand and ten? You haven't. Two thousand and ten, then. Correct. Fucking get in there. Two points. Do you know what the last clue was? What was that? Ospreys beat Leinster to win what was then the the Celtic League in the final. If I'd have got that wrong, I probably would have just turned the podcast off and left. (laughs) Stranked off (laughs) in a puff of smoke. Right, two points. Well done. Thank you. Um, So, your one then. Yep. Um, So, your five-pointer. Yep. The Bulls won the Super 14. Two thousand and eleven. No. This right. one, I gotta be honest, your four point one probably harder than your that the Well I had no point. idea with that one, so this is not Exactly. Good. Um Tom Evans was the top sc- try scorer in the Pro Twelve. Tom Evans. Yeah, as in brother of Max. Yes, as a brother of Max. And Paramore sleep- of Kelly Brook. Yeah, sleeper wither of Kerry Brook and male model. Troubled with uh, retired because of his neck. So I think about it, retired in, was it the World Cup? No, it was the Six Nations, what year was it? 2009. Yes! Yes! Fair play. Four whole points. Yes, I win this week. What were the other three then? Uh, the other three were uh, Saints won the Challenge Cup, um, mm. Bristol were relegated, yeah. and my my easy one was the Lions lost 2-1 to South Africa. Yeah, that would have been very easy. Yeah. So there you go, I win that one. 
You did. 2009 and 2010. There yeah, we go. We keep skirting past one another, don't we? We do, yeah. We'll have to move out of 2000 soon, though. There's only so many years we can do. Yeah, we should. Go Let me know if anybody days. anybody out there, get in touch with us at Blood and Mud on Twitter, if you did, or at Josh Garden, if you did get anything on the first clue. And be honest yes. now. Don't be, be saying on, you yeah. did if you didn't. I imagine if we have listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, they may well have may got, got the my Bulls one. I never know mm. who's won the Super 14 from one That's... year to the next. I'll be honest, I forget. And now we've got even less chance because you need an abacus and some kind of chart <laughs> to do it now. So This is very true. Before we move on to the shit good ratings, yes, we've got a player spotted. Oh, I do like those. Now, as you know, we ask you out there to let us know if you've seen any players, you spot any players out about doing something really mundane and, and share, us, share with us all the details. Mm. An email from Matt. He said, the other week, on my way home from Wasp's win at Bristol, I was feeling slightly peckish. I decided to do. pull into memory services. I've spent many an hour at memory services. I stopped off at memory services just yesterday. Yes. Um, so, mem- so solid 7 out of 10 services. When I was travelling, is memory the one that's in Wiltshire in the middle of nowhere? It's uh, in between, like, the, yeah. there's like huge gaps in the junctions anyway. Let's not go on to that. No. Decided to pull into memory, memory service on the M4 when I noticed some distinct black and yellow bearing men entering the services. As I walked mm. up the stairs, I got into the queue for the KFC. Eric, yeah, I'm a I'm a hundred percent KFC man when it comes to services. I won't stop at a services unless it's got a KFC. I'm See, a welcome break man all the way. In the I'm in the Burger King camp, and I will. But it's still a welcome break, isn't it? You still yeah, got to go I welcome will, break it, at Burger King. I, I I'm pure moto. I'm pulling hard for moto. <laughs> If there's not a Burger King, they can fuck off. I went on the, when, when am I yesterday that had a Waitrose? Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Just in case M&M. you need to buy some quinoa while you're you know, sweating like a pig in a car on a hot so day. Much, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, you get to the key of the KFC. I realised that the men in front of me, and they were none other than Danny Cipriani and Brendan Macken. Yeah. Having ordered their food, I was about to ask for a picture, but their food arrived. Without hesitation, Macken began to devour his chicken wings, and I could just stand there on my phone in my hand as the two men who were clearly knackered from the game ate chicken. Unfortunately for me, at this point, I was too distracted, <laughs> forgot to order my food, and returned to my car to drive home. So not only was I highly <laughs> disappointing as I didn't get the picture, I was also starving. Oh, see? He probably should have stopped at Lee Delamere instead. <laughs> he should have stopped at Lee Delamere, yeah. There's a Burger King there, probably. <laughs> there is. So there you go. That, thank you, Matt, for that player spotted of people eating yeah. KFC and then you also, losing your shit really over it. Should they be eating KFC? Protein, isn't it? I know, but I'm they pretty never sure stop the eating Nando's, not supposed they? to be covered in like the Colonel's special recipe. Yeah, not a euphemism. Fried. No. Anyway. So let us know if you've out there yeah, get in touch let us know if inadvertently just dobbed some wasps players in <laughs> yeah. to their conditioning. <laughs> you can get in touch because these obviously are usually quite long things. So you can email us via the Facebook page or Lee at bloodandmud.com and let us know you mm-hmm. maybe you've spotted a player. And remember don't spare any mundane details. Maybe you've seen Dan Hipkiss putting his recycling out. Yeah, do you know, getting do the you know what? mixed up. Well, one detail that he didn't include there that I just found from Google in memory services is that they've got a fucking Harry Ramsden's. So, my only time eating a Harry Ramsden Ramsden's was when I was in London and I got really, really drunk, and I was getting a train back to Manchester, and I went to Harry Ramsden's and bought a fish and chips and absolutely drowned them in salt and vinegar. Like stumbled, See? bouncing off the off the chairs onto the carriage until it was like tea time. I've been a bit of an all dayer. 
and it was full of like normal people trying to go about their normal business. And I was okay. See, because when I think about Harry Ramsons, I just think you don't go there unless you're like a northern pensioner. Well, I was kind of like I was moving like a northern pensioner that day, probably. <laughs> but I got so I got pissed, got on the train. I ate about half of it because I was like pissed, and then I like pushed it to one side and immediately fell asleep until Birmingham. <laughs> so I basically just left this absolutely honking fishing, honking fishing chips on the carriage oh, okay. for everyone to smell in. So there you go. So let's move on now to the shit good ratings. Thank you, yes. everybody, less, for your contributions. Red hot services chat. Phone <laughs> uh... 0898 hot services for all this chat, yes. <laughs> um, I'm standing by to take your call. Let's do good, oh. shall yes. we? Uh, you've already t- we've already talked about Reese Webb, the best man. Yes. And I'm sure um, this... What... Go on. I thought it was good. Mm. Um, the rumours uh, reported by the uh, Tory Graph on the weekend that the Champions Cup might well be back on terrestrial telly Ooh, after 2019. That. There are rumours that are abounding that not only when the Champions Cup rights and presumably the Challenge Cup rights as well um, are resold from 2019, I think this 2019 the current deal is up. Right. Um, not only are they going to get rid of that fucking infuriating dual pay TV broadcaster thing that they've got at the moment, which yeah. is obviously a weird compromise that they had to put up with um, to keep both Sky and BT happy. But apparently the broadcast, the um, organisers want a commitment from the broadcasters that they're definitely going to broadcast at least a a proportion of the game's free-to-air. That is very good news. It's going to be interesting. I I think BT are planning to start charging everyone. You know, you get it free or for like a fiver with your BT, if you're subscribed to BT now. If you're a BT yeah. broadband customer, they're going to start charging everyone, I think, aren't they? Sort I think beginning that was of next season have to be their end game. Well, of course they, it was, and it'll be interesting to see how many people just go fucking... right, fuck off, and what that means for rugby everywhere, because <clears throat> it is kind of yes. holding them up. It kind of was always a bit of a roll of the dice for particularly the, the Premiership, but rugby in general, that they tethered themselves so heavily with so much money. It was money. like the um, football league with Satanta Sport. On the it was first very iteration like of that. digital when, and we all know how that went. Yeah, my I club, old, stand, Oldham Athletic, really went tits up because of that. That worked out brilliantly. They went bust three months after I bought it. Um, I think, yeah, I, I hope that it, the BT don't now go to the fucking wall because of how much rugby is dependent on them. Imagine what will happen in Scotland, by the way. Well, basically, they basically Scotland own rugby in Scotland. Yes. Well, they, they basically own rugby in Wales as well. You know, they sponsor all th- like three of the four regions, and the Cardiff, the the one that they don't, they've named the fucking ground after them. <laughs> it's yeah, it, well, it would be disastrous. Sorry. I'm sorry to be you know negative and chippy and a whinging northerner about this, but yes, we're slightly worried about what may happen with alarmed. BT. Yeah, but um, yeah, basically, I think we're probably all assuming that. BT are going to break the bank again to try and get the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup. Um, but if they do, I really hope that they sublet some of that stuff. They don't just put it on that fucking stupid BT Sport showcase channel that, that nobody actually knows exists. Well, I didn't um, know BT Sport 3 existed until last week. I couldn't find the rugby because it wasn't in my favourites. I was exactly. like, where's the, where's the fucking challenge, uh, Champions Cup? Oh, I, oh, I oh, had exactly that problem. Very like, confused. What is the... Yeah, yeah. But no, um, it'd be great if they sublet it to like BBC or ITV, actual proper Champions Cup and Challenge Cup games 
on terrestrial television. That will be great. That will be genuinely ace. That would be great. That's really, that be? really so good I'm, news. If that happens, of course. Big if. I mean, even happens. Sky, if they stick it on that Sky Sports mix or whatever the hell that channel is, you know. At least it's one subscription, isn't it? Of course, yes. of course, these days with Cody, does it, does it, you know, they're all, it's all dying well, anyway. Well, that's the thing. They've got a, It's whether they will get the kind of money that they think they're going to because all of a sudden sports rights are not the golden egg that they were like two or three years ago. So, Indeed, hmm. and everyone will go bust. On that yeah, happy note... can't wait. On that happy note, from Twitter, and I can't imagine that you won't have this in your list as well, by the way, mm. your namesake on Twitter, Josh, Josh Papa 10 got in touch and saying, good... Good's almost too simple a term to give this, really. Was was is Talupe Falatau from the weekend? Oh, good God! He's like it seems every time Big Billy thinks he's nailed down that lion starting jersey. Yeah, Talupe just does something absolutely fucking ridiculous to remind us that for all of Vunipola's undoubted massive quality, Falatau is just he's just a different grade. Well, he shows us exactly how Gatland won't use him. So it's irrelevant. Maybe, this but the no, the All Blacks know it too. Why else is Zims and Brook talking absolute cobblers about him not deserving yeah. a place in the Lions squad and lacking he's not what got it, mongrel edge? Mongrel that he edge. Said. Which basically, basically means, yeah, he's not a twat. Yeah, well, well, basically that says to me that with Kieran Reid potentially injured as yes. he is, um, Brook is absolutely shitting himself at the thought of Falatau rampaging across Eden Park like he did for Wales in the first test last year. Because there's a possibility that Kano was injured as well, isn't he? I reckon yeah, he might be fit again. But short of eights. Yeah. yeah, but probably all right. Yeah. The other thing, another thing that you asked Josh Papa, not you, Josh Gardner, uh-huh. Josh Papa asked was, how many of the Lions 15 do you boys think we're getting to the All Blacks team? It's a very good question, but we're not going yeah. to deal with we're not dealing with that this week. But what we're going to do is we will hope we will park that, and we're going to talk about that when the All Black squad is named. Yes, we'll do a bit of a breakdown of a kind of comparison. Then I did have a quick think about it. Not many is my first thought, but let's uh, no, uh, but yeah. we'll, we'll leave that for now. Have you got anything else that's good? Oh, I've got lots. Ooh. Well, I've got uh, several things. You um, firstly, um, the Kings. As yes, in the Southern Kings, absolutely. doomed South African franchise who are going to get fucking wound up at the end of the season. Um, and to be honest with you, they've been up against it for their entirety of their existence because they they basically didn't have any money. Just They couldn't pay their players, all that shit. They've won three games on the bounce now. They beat the Brumbies away from home last week. They battered the Rebels 44-3 in Port Elizabeth on Saturday. They're actually showing some semblance of progress in spite of everything in spite of the fact that they're not going to exist at the end of the season. Um, And you compare that to, like, the Rebels, who've had seven seasons and not once got out of the bottom third of the table, or the Force, who've won seven games in three years. Um, It's not really very fair that a team that's actually looking like it gives a shit is going to lose and not exist anymore, and one of those two teams are still going to exist. Super Rugby is a bit of a shambles at the moment, but I don't think what's going on is really particularly fair either. I think yeah, rug, rugby in Australia is the way Australia have had this policy, haven't they, of, of yeah. spreading their talent around all of these teams. And I think yeah, I, they've got too many. Yeah, it's so you got Hale at Petty at Force, mm. who is a decent player, but he's just surrounded by shite. Absolute shite. Well, it was the same with uh, what's his face when the Honey Badger was there. You know, he was basically the only Jason Woodward was there in the with the Rebels for ages. Yeah, and but then just decided to go to the 
go to the Hurricanes because he wanted to play with non-shit players. Because <laughs> he wanted to play with people he could catch and things. Yeah. Yes. So that uh, good from Twitter. David Williams got in touch on Twitter, Zoology Dave, and he said good is Sean Lamont, who is retiring, obviously, for being a very good fair sport play. with yeah. the hair thing. I thought that was very good. I yeah, don't care about the hair nearly as much as I care about him wearing the gloves. So yes, let's make that happen. That's please, all I care please, about. Please, fair play to him for getting the old crystal tips back for charity, but it's all about them orange gloves for me. It is all about the gloves. Are you still allowed mm. to wear them in Britain? I don't know. Probably, maybe. I think it was more of a fashion thing than a safety oh, thing. Oh, massively it was. Yeah. Well, you, go, sometimes yeah. they disappear. Then people say you can't wear them anymore. But you can wear them in France. I don't see why not. Anything else good from you? Uh, Dan Evans. Right. There is something, there's demonstrably something about the Ospreys fullback that Wales management clearly don't like. But it's quite hard to see what that is because he basically plays every single minute of every single game and has done since he signed for the Ospreys, um, either 15 on the wing. He scores great tries. He's got a great boot. Um, and as he demonstrated against Ulster on Saturday, he's a lethal, intelligent counter-attacker. To be, he should be starting a 15 for Wales in June on tour, but he won't. You, and I think it's a bit rubbish. You've just, in your account there, given the reason why he's no good for Wales. Why is that? Because he's a lethal counter-attacker. Uh, yeah, Gatland is point. not interested in his full-backs counter-attacking. They don't move out of the 22, basically. No, exactly. They're supposed to stand there and receive the kicks and then it's lob like, the kicks back. It's like Ashley Beck's fantastic offloading game. But he's got a tour. If he doesn't tour, then I will. Yeah, but that kind of blase approach to possession of like getting the ball out of the tackle has got no place in the Wales squad. No, this is true. Yeah, I think that's me for good. Any any more goods for you? Couple from Twitter. Ian Bradshaw going to touch Joe Marchant. Yeah, slipperier than Boris Johnson. Slipperier than Boris Johnson talking about promises on the side of a bus. (laughs) Probably with Adam (laughs) Jones, his new fucking best mate. Yeah, but yeah, he was very, very good and gave Elliot Daly quite a torrid time. Oh, that's did. you know, that's the other thing that's really pissing me off now about this is that every time something happens to somebody who's been selected in the Lions squad, it's related to that, isn't it? Yes, it's oh, didn't he make him look shit? It's like Why well, is yeah, he in, yeah, he's because in one game is not the <laughs> yes. entirety of somebody's fucking body of work. Yes, um, but he was very good, Joe Martin. He was you very, can see very why good. he's I off think to he's Argentina. He's a very good player, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, Niall Gwing got in touch and he said, mm. Good was Kiwi teams are really tearing it up in the Super 18. Uh, yes. Yeah. Stop called the Super 18. Stop it. <laughs> That's um, what he's called it. I'm reading I it directly. I quote, Sick, S I C. It's also, but it's shit timer for the Lions. And shit, he said, uh, Ulster, and we're moving into shit now, and he said shit was Ulster's pack again. Um, yeah, they weren't. I, I'm, I'm very alarmed that the man who is, go, is coaching Ulster's forwards is going to be coaching the Ulster's forwards <laughs> next season. because oh, they the are dream team. Very, Him and Tandy. They are, Woo. Oh, they are, it's like the one thing that the Ospreys have not had a problem with over ever is that they've had a fucking hard-as-nails pack. It'll be like and so, Tom Landry and Don Shula coming together. <laughs> to use a gridiron reference that I only yes. really half understand what I'm saying, but I know that they're good coaches, I think. Yes. Um, last one good for me is Nick Evans. Yeah, it's Man. hard not. I mean, yeah. I do you know what? Rugby writes great scripts, shit, doesn't it? One thing that is shit for me, actually, is players getting like plaudits before their final game. 
Like, I know it was his last... Home game, yeah. Yeah, I get that. But it's like, it's not his actual... Can we, like, hold off on the tributes until he's actually gone? But still, he was brilliant. He was great. He was fucking brilliant. 36 years old, and he is pure class. And a really decent bloke as well, it would seem. Yes. A really decent bloke. A really good man. And a man who, were it not for the existence of Dan Carter, would have a hell of a lot fucking more All Blacks caps than he had. It must really piss him off that Stephen Donald won a World Cup, though, mustn't it? Oh, because he was injured. Oh, no, because he he wasn't playing in New Zealand and they wouldn't break the rules. Quite. What a load of bollocks that was. So that Stephen Donald thing got wheeled out. I mean, fair play, that's a wonderful story as well, but it was still... uh, but so that's still, that's the still. end of the good for this week. If we look at the Indeed. shit now, Andrew Collin on Twitter got in touch and he mm-hmm. put this as a good, but I've moved it. He said, "Good is James <laughs> Haskell's Invisible Man tribute act on Friday night." Yes, he oh, wasn't great. I put in great. shit because Haskell's shit, and I'm having to go into a complete shit now. But James Haskell completely clogging up my fucking timeline timeline this week, <laughs> like some kind of fucking protein berg made of creatine and. Barely concealed emotional fragility. First, yeah. apparently men's health were with him for 48 hours, which, again, I got copied in on. I mean, I feel sorry for whoever was doing that for men's health, really. 48 hours. It must with... be like living in a cave of mirrors full of cooked chicken breasts and high-end video equipment. I mean, yeah, who buys men's health anyway? Um, I mean, how many articles can desperately be... want abs? How many exactly? How many articles can be written about having shredded abs and fucking <laughs> python arms or whatever the fuck they call them? I don't know. <laughs> how do we live in? How is it we live in a land of Shakespeare, right? And shredded abs is a fucking phrase that is okay to actually use and plaster all over a magazine. <laughs> As somebody who uh, works in the magazine business, it is uh, remarkable what men's health do they are so fucking good at it and it does all involve the saying the same things over and over again shredded abs <laughs> arms yeah guns arms how yeah. to get bigger pecs while you're sat in yeah. the office and yeah. stuff like it's that all the, it's incredible it's all the same stuff and it is every week look, the same yeah it's just that they, they have it's a They've got like a cycle and they do the same stuff every year. They just change it ever so slightly. And sell, and be- sell it by the shitload, I'm assuming. Because people buy one issue a year. Because nobody sticks to it. Because it's endless yeah, because, fucking because 30 days abs. to get amazing abs and you last 17 days. You can't be fucked anymore and you give up until next <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, because buy it life again. is too fucking short. It's like gyms. When I played rugby, right, I fucking hate the gym. And so there's people <laughs> that probably like gyms. Like, gyms are like work camps that we pay to go into. <laughs> normally you'd have to be rounded up and sent in there at gunpoint wouldn't you and we we that's what we've created we pay to go into these fucking places i mean we who was we are mugs let's be honest we are mugs anyway then he comes out as harry to go back to haskell for a minute sorry oh, that was bad. then he comes yeah, out as harry potter in some oh, inexplicable bad, rfu though. video what what is it, it was, all about i i saw that just before we came on and I couldn't bring myself to watch the video. I just saw the still, and that was kind of all I needed. Because it's, a, I clicked play on it, and he was just sort of sitting there with his arms crossed, looking really smug and talking like, like David Brent. David. Well, that's just his fucking normal way of talking, isn't it? You see, I mean, you know, he's very, he's very Brentian, and I don't I think. think he he, uh, I just. 
you know, I can, you know, Ray Winston will do anything for money, won't he? Yeah, it's quite clear that Ray Win- there's no there is no job that Ray Winston won't turn down because I think he spent so long after Scum in the eighties, probably scraping around for work <laughs> that he now yeah. just basically anything that comes his way, yes, I'll do it. Bets three six five, yes, I'll do it. Some voiceover, <laughs> yes, I'll do it. How much money is it? Whereas it seems that Haskell will do anything to get himself out there without the money. I don't understand Ray Winston. Mm. Sorry, like he, I've completely gone saw- off on one. Yeah, he he has known poverty of being an out of work actor that probably couldn't get a lot of work because he looks like Ray Winston, and he had to basically age to a level where his face was acceptable. <laughs> yeah, he um, could be a character actor now. <laughs> yeah. James Haskell has been a very highly paid rugby player since. Well, that's the thing. He gets his twenty grand match fee plus whatever endorsements he's getting without doing all yeah. this shit. But obviously, yeah, they must know in the PR office, mustn't they? Oh, who can we get to do it. this yeah. bollocks? I'll just go and get James. He'll do it. He loves it, and he obviously—I mean, he obviously loves the attention. And fair enough, like some people just do enjoy that. And but it's like, mate, I'm not being funny, but you should be getting your head in gear for a fucking European uh, for a Premiership semi-final and trying not to totally fucking bollocks your season up. Not twatting about acting like Harry Potter. I don't want to be like a fucking ooh, you know they should just be focused on their sport and absolutely nothing else person. But it is like, you don't really need to go and dick about being Harry Potter two weeks before the end of the season, do you really? No, it just, it, it this yeah, I've said it all before, but what is what I obviously was saying, oh, please fuck off when somebody sent me this video. So it's somebody with Chris Jane on Twitter responded with, you like that friend who hated gay people so much at school because he actually loved them but couldn't admit it. <laughs> And then Atticus Baker, like I touched, is saying, but you can't, you have to love Haskell because not loving him is like not loving a Labrador. To which Chris Jane responds with, so basically this podcast supports animal cruelty and repressed homosexuality. That escalated very, very quickly. It really very did. quickly. I mean, I call those two incredibly large leaps of logic that maybe say more about the person making them than, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I did find that quite amusing. It is the, yeah, I, I mean, there is definitely a, an element of the law of the playground with you and Haskell Lee. I do wonder if he had pigtails if you'd pull them, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it does, you know what? I actually do go through periods where I go, you know what? He's not that bad. And I'm just being daft now. And it's, I'm just like doing this on purpose. Yeah, and then a, this happens, and I genuinely yeah. do just get completely fucking enraged by yeah. it. Like when I do it, like it's genuinely just a kind of a bit, really. I find it's funny for me to just say how awful he is because he is quite awful. But I sort of understand where you're coming from. I think the more time I've spent with you, the more you're. <laughs> Yes, one your, person your at a time. Your particular <laughs> worldview on Haskell has sort of weirdly rubbed off on me, and I find myself just infuriated by everything he does. Fake it till you make it, as they say. So anyway, that was my shit little rant mm. about James Haskell. Have you got anything, Josh? I have got some shits. Um, Danny Kerr's fucking bar. Oh, God, yes. Jesus. I mean, it should be a standing item, let's face it. The man has had a flick- well, fucking follicular shambles on his head. <laughs> constantly in his career but what he's done with it now it's almost like a sort of mid naughty sean lament tribute haircut isn't it but like worse there are some terrible fucking hair bonnets around i'll tell you there was did you see have you seen dave ewers no he looks like two amorous chinchillas have mistaken his head for a double bed basically it's terrible 
that's not good. But then look at look at the performance that Care put in on Friday night. Mm. Clearly, there is some sort of maxim that scrum half ability is directly proportional to the dickishness <laughs> of their haircut. See also Webb. To Reef. the blondness in the hair, yes. Yeah. Connor Murray's just like the, the exception that proves the rule, clearly. I wasn't watching the Quinn's first half, and then somebody texted mm. me and said, uh, I'm getting early for a shit, Danny Care's hair. And I and I responded with yeah well that's standard he went no and then obviously no, sent, no, me no. A, sent me an image of what oh I see it's an entirely new level of shit. It's uh, it, uh that's the thing I I hadn't seen it either and then I I couldn't quite believe what was going on. It's sort of like a weird like nineteen fifties Barrow boy that has dunked his head in some bleach. Yeah, he's like um. Like a sort of shorter version of of Kajagoogoo. <laughs> yes, I can I can see that. So, uh, what else have we got? The shit. Well, from Twitter, generic barman got in touch and said, "Shit for him is the the annual insert relegated team name here might not be relegated because insert reasons here story <laughs> doing the rounds." Yes, there's always one of them, isn't there? Um, let's be honest, lads. London Irish. Or Leeds are going to win. Yes. Although um, I did want Ealing Trailfinders in the Premiership. Absolutely. Even, How great would that be? I'd love to have been in that committee meeting. Oh, right, do you want to go? Up, like, yes. No. No. Seriously, stop a minute and think. Yeah. I, we don't want to be in the Premiership. It would be a <laughs> fucking terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. um, also, though, Ealing Trailfinders putting my other hat on. Ealing Trailfinders jerseys are some of the nicest really? in all of Britain. They are. Their home shirt is a lovely uh, dark green and white hoop with orange pinstripes. And uh, they've got a a reverse orange and white hooped away shirt, which, uh, yeah, genuinely two of the nicest shirts of any team anywhere. I'm trying to find the jersey now because... Yes, and they're made by Under Armour as well, which is a bit of a weird thing that you don't see much of in Britain these days but uh, yeah bloody nice very good very good very good um, any more shit from you uh, yes I'm getting distracted by uh, rugby shirt talk um, <laughs> Thomas Williams try that never was have you seen this yet? I haven't lots of people spoke to me about oh, the Cardiff Blues one he scored he should he, did, he didn't score an absolute fucking worldly against Zebra on Friday night um, like he burst up the short side. He did the oh, criminally underused dummy kick to send oh, Carlo Connor yes. into next week. He absolutely bought it, hook, line, and sinker. Then there was a lovely into-out weaving run and a diving acrobatic finish in the corner, but unfortunately some dickhead had knocked on in the ruck before he even picked the ball up. Now and it was see, called back. I'm glad I didn't see it because I would have it been have made in a, you in very a foul fucking mood all weekend. You know, it was a brilliant exponent of the dummy kick in his earlier days. No, Sean Edwards. He really when he was at Wigan in the eighties, he used to often shape to kick and then then step through the line when he was playing scrum half stroke standoff as he yeah. called it in rugby league. Yeah, see, I find see, it that, so I, hard to imagine Sean Edwards doing anything but sort of exactly. prowling around scowling and looking and, angry yeah and exactly yeah. because he's such a defensive super thing now yeah but yeah he was obviously a very very good player and in, in yeah. a creative position but yeah he was a a big advocate when he was in his mullet phase 
We have a lot of uh... <laughs> that. That's even harder to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, um, Hannah Blunt yes. got in touch on Twitter, and mm. she said, and I, I'd, I'd missed this. The lights turning off at the RDS a minute and a half before yes, the end of the game. That was very funny. The best part is that um, just before, literally a millisecond before the lights go off, Josh van der Fleer is over a ruck competing for a turnover, and then the lights go out. <laughs> and part of him must just have gone, this is brilliant, I can get away with <laughs> fucking anything yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm literally above the law right now. I can do whatever I want. I am the law. <laughs> what else have you got? Um, I've got Ollie Devoto's decision-making is shit. Um, in the last three games for Exeter, um, he's thrown two interception tries, which is quite bad. Um, like Sometimes there's nothing you can do about them, but two in three does indicate that he's rather telegraphing shit or he's being a bit careless. Um, Exeter seems to be the place where promising 10-stroke-12s go and start to struggle. Oh, well, it certainly has been in the last couple of well, years. Well, Devoto and Slade. Slade's completely, well, you say completely stalled. He's still relatively young, but he's got nowhere near we thought he would. And then Devoto's oh, no, left. He's done nothing in the last 18 months, let's be honest. No, that's true. Um, I was trying to be quite kind, but, you know, yeah. typical, you know, allow a Welshman to tell it like it is. But, uh, the, <laughs> the, um, but Devoto, to say, left Bath, and everyone said, well, will he get in, even get in the team after under Steenson and Slade's? Yeah. development and actually well Slay's nowhere to be seen in Devoto as you say is making absolutely horrendous decisions and throwing shit all over the place yeah well apparently Exeter have thrown like five interception tries in their last like six or seven games which and yet still managed to keep fucking winning paying by, attention there. Well, keep winning by bonus points yeah <laughs> maybe that's why maybe that's why yeah, it's not they... paying attention oh never mind lads I'll just score another two in a minute well, don't worry yeah it'll be alright um, yeah, so that that is my relatively brief little shit list this week. Last shit from Dave Garrick on Twitter, mm. who said, and this is slightly worrying, the Ulster line-out with Best and Henderson barely working. Oh, dear. This is not a good sign, is it? <laughs> it's not a brilliant sign. Well, this is why Ken Owen should start for the Lions. Well, Rock yeah, I don't solid think Best is going to start, is he? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Rock solid and has, you know, rage celebration, which is what we Loves. want to see more of. Yeah. Gives a shit. Henderson was interviewed before the game, and I saw it. And I, again, I mean, we've spoken to him over the phone, but I'm, yes. again, amazed at just how he looks like an 11-year-old who should have a headset on and be gaming somewhere. <laughs> Does he? he looks like he should be gaming. Yeah. He's kind of pale definitely... and that, like, not quite a beard. And that, like, towels. I mean, he's great. He's a lovely lad. Really lovely a lad. fantastic a Bloody player. brilliant uh, player. But just, you've never... If you were to... Ask a non-rugby fan to look at a lineup of pictures with him in it and say, pick the one that's a professional rugby player at the top of his game right now. Um, no, it's remarkable, isn't it? You, you, he looks like a scally. And I mean that with the utmost expect, respect, rather, but he does just look like... He looks like the sort of lad that should be tearing around the countryside in an old mini. Yes. Except, which well, he, he does. Which he does do, of course, yeah, as we yeah. know. He's got a customised mini that he can fit yeah, into. has to be reinforced so that he can get in there. And therein lies the difference. It's, it is bizarre, isn't it? He did that and, brilliant yeah. thing when I interviewed it, and he said about his, his mini, he did that brilliant Northern Irish turn of phrase, which I love, where he said, well, yeah, my brother would be after looking after cars. <laughs> what he meant is, is that my brother's hobby is tinkering about with cars, but it's that would-be-after thing, which I find yeah. brilliant for the, the Northern Irish people. <laughs> I would be after being interested in that. Do you mean you are interested in it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now I'm just very confused. 
yes, everything in... that you said. We have come to an end at the one hour and 19 minute mark. Which is pretty bloody good for us. Yeah, because we had quite a few things going on this week as well. A few features yeah. and a few chits and chats. Yeah. Thank you very much for your company. As ever. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to this whinging northerner and Welshman <clears throat> who are trying too hard to be negatively witty. So yes. <laughs> thanks for sticking with us because it seems there's some people that aren't. So <laughs> we will speak to you all next week as we head Indeed. towards... I feel like we're in a bit of a... Last, last day of the regular season. Yeah, I, 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 I think the reason why... Maybe we sounded a bit flat last week, and this is what it is, because we are heading <laughs> towards the kind of... Can we just get on with the playoffs now, please? Yeah, we are very much just not really... There's not. It's kind of not really even that much to play for now, is there? Not really. It's kind of all been... There's no last-minute things happening. Yeah, maybe Bath will get in there. Maybe Leicester will get in there. It doesn't excite me that much. I and think stop, whoever does get in there will make up the numbers. Stop trying to get me excited about the race for the Champions Cup either, because I'm sorry, that just doesn't excite me at all. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if Gloucester get in. I don't give a fuck if Cardiff or Connor get in. Yeah. I do. I'm more interested than that. I'm not going that far. <laughs> maybe I'm just full so of... So it should actually be Northerner and Whinging Welshman, because I'm far yes. more chirpy. Yeah, yeah, you are chirpy. <laughs> People say that about me. That Lee Calvert, he's chirpy as hell. Key adjectives that people use about you. Right, see you all next week, folks. Yes, just we just wanted to take it over that one hour twenty mark, didn't we? We did, yeah. See you now. Yeah, Ta-da. okay, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.